Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's time for Justice Matters with former federal prosecutor and MSNBC analyst Glenn Kirchner. Mark Meadows' motion to move his Georgia election case to federal court was recently denied by a judge. Glenn says it seems there was perjury during Meadows' testimony. Well, friends, you've probably heard by now that a federal district court judge, Judge Steve Jones, denied former Chief of Staff Mark Meadows' motion to try to have his RICO prosecution transferred from Georgia State Court to federal court. So what does that mean? Well, it means Meadows and Donald Trump, together with lots of other RICO defendants, criminal associates, co-conspirators, will now be sitting shoulder to shoulder in a state courtroom in Fulton County, Georgia, being tried for their crimes, and it will be televised and live streamed. Let's start with the new reporting. This from CNN. Headline, Judge Rejects Mark Meadows' Bid to Move Georgia Election Interference Case to Federal Court. And that article begins, A federal judge on Friday rejected former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows' bid to move his Georgia criminal case to federal court, a significant setback for Meadows and a troubling sign for former President Donald Trump. U.S. District Judge Steve Jones found that the allegations against Meadows contained in the Fulton County District Attorney's indictment on election subversion charges were largely related to political activities and not to Meadows' role as White House Chief of Staff. Quote, the evidence before the court overwhelmingly suggests that Meadows was not acting in the scope of executive branch duties during most of the overt acts alleged, wrote Judge Jones, a Barack Obama appointee. The judge's decision could set the tone for the other defendants also trying to move their cases. It's an ominous sign for the defendants who are hoping to invoke the same federal immunity protections. Jones wrote in the decision that Meadows had not met even the quite low threshold for removal to federal court because his activities for the Trump campaign were outside the scope of his federal role as White House Chief of Staff. And here is probably my favorite quote. Meadows cannot have acted in his role as a federal officer with respect to any efforts to influence, interfere with, disrupt, oversee, or change state elections. So friends, there is nothing but bad news for Meadows and Trump because if Meadows' case to have his prosecution transferred from state court to federal court was weak, then Donald Trump's case is non-existent. You know, I even question 
whether Trump's lawyers will bother filing a motion to try to get his case transferred from state court to federal court, because given this decision by Judge Jones, which is not binding, it doesn't control a motion if one is filed by Donald Trump, but it is a sure sign that Donald Trump has no legitimate argument to move his RICO prosecution from state court to federal court. So what else can we glean from what just happened in the Meadows case? Well, first of all, as I say, that means Meadows, Trump, and the others will be sitting in the same courtroom in Georgia being prosecuted for their RICO crimes to try to overturn the results of the Georgia state election. It will be televised, it will be live streamed, and that will make it much harder for Donald Trump's lawyers, his mouthpieces, his flunkies, his lackeys, his sycophants, to deceive the American people about what's going on inside the courtroom because we're gonna to get to watch it for ourselves. Here's the other thing. I can't quite understand why Meadows decided to take on this fool's errand of trying to get his case transferred from state court to federal court. Why do I say that? Because he testified in the hearing. He had to if he was gonna have any hope of convincing the judge to transfer his case. And it looks like during his testimony, Meadows may very well have perjured himself. Now, without sort of going into all of the details of his four or five hours of testimony, let me just give you one example, a little flavor for just how bad Mark Meadows performed as a witness. There was one point where Mark Meadows testified under oath, I had nothing to do with the alternate elector scheme, with the fake elector scheme. And then he was cross-examined by some of District Attorney Fonnie Willis's prosecutors, and he was shown some of his own emails and or text messages where people were urging him to involve himself in the alternate elector, the fake elector scheme. And what did Mark Meadows write? I am working on that as of yesterday. It seems to contradict what he told the court under oath that he had nothing to do with the fake elector scheme. Now, is that perjury? Well, if he lied under oath, it is. But here is the only out for Mark Meadows, and it is not a very appealing out. Mark Meadows could say, well, I told the truth in court when I said I wasn't working on the alternate elector scheme. I was actually lying to everybody in my private emails and text messages when I said I was. Come on, Mark. Really? Is that what you're going to go with? So one way or another, Mark Meadows will expose himself as a liar. It's just a question of when he was lying, under oath in court, or in his private emails and text messages. I mean, that's when I tend to lie the most, right? I want to deceive all my friends when I'm emailing them and text messaging them about how I am working diligently, feverishly to try to keep Donald Trump in office unconstitutionally. Yet none of these arguments are going to buy Mark Meadows any points in the eyes of a jury when Mark Meadows goes to trial 
in state court with Donald Trump and his other co-conspirators for trying to steal the Georgia state election. And the fact that Mark Meadows just completely tanked his own credibility and did himself some real damage with respect to his future trial, that's a good thing. Because justice matters. Coming up after the break, a new unredacted grand jury report reveals that there are many co-conspirators who are not indicted in the Georgia Rico case. Glenn talks about that next on Justice Matters. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The Georgia State Special Grand Jury in the Election Crimes Investigation recommended that Senator Lindsey Graham, Mike Flynn, and others should be indicted for their crimes. Glenn explains what might happen next. So friends, once I saw that the special purpose grand jury's report down in Georgia was released, and among other things, the grand jurors recommended that Senator Lindsey Graham should be indicted for his crimes, disgraced former General Mike Flynn should be indicted for his crimes. Now, frankly, I don't find that surprising, but the natural question is, well, okay, what happens next? We'll talk about that in a minute, but right now, let's have a quick look at the new reporting. This from NBC News. Headline, Grand Jury in Georgia Trump case recommended indicting Lindsey Graham David Perdue, and Kelly Loeffler. And let's not bury another little piece of the lead here. They also recommended indicting Mike Flynn. The article begins, A Georgia-based special grand jury that initially investigated efforts by former President Donald Trump and his allies to overturn the 2020 presidential election recommended the indictments of more than three dozen people including 21 who weren't charged last month. A report summarizing that special purpose grand jury's investigation was released Friday after Judge Robert McBurney, who presided over the grand jury panel, last week ordered that it be made public. Sitting Senator Lindsey Graham, a Republican from Georgia, and former Senators David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler, and former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn were among those whom the panel recommended for indictment, but were not ultimately charged. Wow. A grand jury in Georgia heard tons of evidence about what Lindsey Graham did, what Mike Flynn did, and what all of the others did, and that grand jury concluded that Graham and Flynn and others should be indicted for their crimes. Friends, this story is just getting warmed up. Now, it's no surprise that a grand jury recommended Lindsey Graham should be indicted. 
Remember some of the evidence that we learned about quite a while ago now. Now, Brad Raffensperger, former Secretary of State down in Georgia, we heard a lot about the phone call that Donald Trump placed to him, trying to bully him, trying to threaten him into just, you know, finding 11,780 fictitious votes, votes that didn't exist, add them to Trump's column, and corruptly declare that Trump won. Trump's been indicted for that. But there was a lesser reported story or a story that didn't really capture our attention like the 11,780 votes phone call did. Lindsey Graham called Brad Raffensperger not once but twice. And Brad Raffensperger made a statement about what Lindsey Graham said to him, urged him to do in that phone call or those phone calls. He said, you know, Lindsey Graham was asking me about the election's results and what he was saying to me, I interpreted as Lindsey Graham telling me to toss lawfully cast ballots. In other words, trying to do the same thing Donald Trump did, help Trump corruptly win an election that he lost. So I'm not shocked that the grand jury said, indict Lindsey Graham for his crimes. And I'm sure not shocked that the grand jury recommended, you know, that dirty criminal former General Mike Flynn should be indicted because Mike Flynn, right, who pleaded guilty not once but twice to felony crimes in federal court in Washington, D.C., only to have Bill Barr and Donald Trump ride in, you know, on their, on their black horse wearing their black hats, the bad guys, the corrupt guys, willing to do a favor, though, for Trump's criminal associates like Mike Flynn and, you know, just toss out the case. Just pardon Mike Flynn. He doesn't need to be held accountable for his crime. So am I shocked that the Georgia grand jury said indict Mike Flynn for his crimes? No, I'm not shocked. But here is why I say this story is just getting warmed up, friends. Fawny Willis decided that the first criminal conspiracy case she wanted to bring was the RICO case that is now pending trial against Donald Trump, Mark Meadows, Rudy Giuliani, John Eastman, Jeffrey Clark, Kenneth Cheeseboro, Jenna Ellis, Sidney Powell, and I'm forgetting some, and a whole bunch of fake electors, all of whom were part of Donald Trump's criminal enterprise, his criminal endeavor, their criminal conspiracy to corruptly overturn the results of the Georgia state election. That's the first case. District Attorney Willis decided to bring. What about all these other recommendations by the grand jury that other people should be indicted for their crimes like Lindsey Graham, Mike Flynn, and others? Those charges are perhaps going to be brought in the future, maybe sometime soon. You know, there's a loose parallel regarding what we're seeing in Georgia with the revelation of this grand jury report and what Jack Smith is doing in DC. He brought one case first, a case against Donald Trump. And in that case, in that indictment, Jack Smith said, oh, by the way, there are a bunch of co-conspirators who were in Donald Trump's criminal conspiracy here. People like Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell, John Eastman and Jeffrey Clark and Kenneth Cheesebro and others but I'm not gonna charge them, not yet. 
But Jack Smith revealed in substance that there are others who were part of Donald Trump's criminal conspiracy, and I would bet a buck, that's my betting limit, I am not a high roller, I bet one dollar, I would bet the full buck that we are going to see federal indictments of all of those other co-conspirators sometime in the future, perhaps the near future, and they will go to trial separately, separately from Donald Trump, whose trial will begin in March in federal court in Washington, D.C. There's a parallel between that and what's going on in Georgia. Fonnie Willis decided to bring one case first. Her case involved 19 co-defendants in a RICO conspiracy. But now, based on this information that we're learning from the grand jury report, it looks like other people should and likely will be indicted for their crimes in the future in a separate indictment, separate and apart from the 19 co-defendant RICO indictment. At least that is the way things should play out if District Attorney Willis agrees with the grand jury's determination and recommendation and assessment of the evidence that all of these other people, including Senator Graham and Mike Flynn and others, should be indicted because the evidence shows they committed crimes. I can only assume we're going to see those people indicted in the near future. And if not, it will be a curiosity and it will probably be something that will have to be explained to the public's satisfaction. Why would there be enough evidence to criminally charge people in the estimation of the grand jury, but the prosecutors say, nah, gonna give them all a pass. As I say, friends, this story is just getting warmed up. And I have a feeling there is more accountability to come for more of the bad actors, the criminal actors down in Georgia who have not yet been tried. And that is precisely as it should be, because justice matters. Friends, please stay safe, please stay tuned, and I look forward to talking with you all again soon. For more on Glenn, go to Glenn Kirshner 2 on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. This is Justice Matters.